Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome, welcome. I am super excited today to have a super special guest, and he is known as Donnie Cody or DC. You might know him in other capacity. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And when you asked me, I said to myself, oh my God, what are we going to get into today? But that's the fun of it. Hey. It is. And I don't ask traditional questions, so it's going to be fun. (laughs) We're going to go deep. I can just feel it now. And you have such a beautiful story. So I can't wait for our listeners to hear all about it. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Can you just take a moment to tell our listeners who you are and what it is that you do? Sure. As discussed, Donnie's my name. DC, my friends call me. Maybe you will as well. Uh, I'm in the arena of um, artistry and communications, which I guess, you know, to be an artist is to be a communicator and it's, you know, most visual expressive form, I suppose, whether it's music or um, drawing, painting, which I do all of, always have. And I grew up, you know, writing songs and drawing pictures. And guess what? I still am. (laughs) I love that. And you've had quite a unique journey. Like you weren't always an entrepreneur. No. Um, I mean, geez, to look back on life, Um, I always uh, worked in the Department of Recreation for the city and I was going to be a teacher and, you know, it all made sense because a lot of my jobs through the recreation department were teaching. Um, I was a lifeguard forever. And so I always thought that's what I would do because I always worked with children, special needs and otherwise. And so I thought I would just go into a career in education, but the media arts, which um, digitally speaking, was new when I made that TSN turning point uh, to delve into that uh, channel has led me to where I am today. And I couldn't be more um, proud of making that decision because that was not the popular decision in the house, let me tell you. Oh, and I know a little bit about the story because the first time that we met, we kind of dove into this. And I think it's such a really important piece of your story because I guarantee you there's somebody listening here today that can totally resonate. Can you share, because like right now you can talk about all your successes and how you became who you are today, but it hasn't always been easy for you. It's true. I love the idea that we are creating ourselves and that's why we're here. It's not, it's not to find, you know, the purpose of life is to create that. Right. Absolutely. And so I feel like I'm doing that as much now as I, as I did then, it's just the decisions matter more now and yet they're easier to make. Um, I guess it comes from confidence and just, you know, for every million no's you get, you celebrate the guesses and that's what makes you feel like you have what it takes to continue to move forward. So, I mean, anyone listening here today, we all have our stories of, you know, creating and defining ourselves. And I think every one of those is powerful because it, it makes us who we are. And can you share a little bit more of your journey? Because I know when we were talking you shared how it wasn't necessarily the popular thing to be an artist and to share your gifts. It was almost like you were silenced in a lot of ways. Do you mind sharing that part of your journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, growing up in a small town, which is now the East end of St. John's, but uh, I'll tell you that growing up, it was like an end of a dirt road, (laughs) Uh, small community, you know, church on the school parking lot, very God fearing. It's all about the high grades and the sports and to be one of the only kids um, in my class who could draw, who had, you know, a flair for uh, dramatics, uh, music and and leading all the neighborhood kids around my little uh, in the woods, which is where the price club ended up being years later. Hilarious. He said life, um, you know, there's there was definitely a recipe for how to um, be accepted 
um, that I didn't have a lot of the ingredients for. And so you could find me laying in the tall grass, making up songs and drawing pictures while everybody else was, you know, doing the, uh, the other thing and all smock, no jock, definitely always felt like I had to fit in, which I always did a horrible job of, which only made things worse. And even through that, I was confident and full of fun and ideas and creativity. And my folks were amazing. They definitely put me in art classes and music lessons. And all my brothers were in, you know, hockey and everything else under the sun. So yeah, growing up was very much about trying to be what everyone else seemed to be. And that led me down a very um, interesting road, not to delve too deep, but, you know, definitely a coming of age tale where you all of a sudden look at yourself far later in life and say, oh, my God, all these things about me that I'm so proud of secretly, um, they are who I want to be. And I need to lean more into those things and take more chances and dare greatly, as our girl Brene says. And um, I'm thankful for those things. You know, I think we said this before. It's not what happens to you it's what happens for you. And as long as you've got that mindset then you can pivot and take the lemons and make that lemonade that you want so bad. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And I think so many of us can take that lesson with us because I guarantee you, as people are listening to the podcast, they can resonate in your story where they've hidden parts of themselves, or maybe they've worn so many masks that they're finally getting to a point in their life where they're like, holy crap, who am I? You know, and looking back at hiding their most favorite pieces of themselves, if you were to give a piece of advice to somebody who's listening, who maybe is in that same boat of starting this road to discovery, daring greatly and really starting to want to be themselves, what advice would you give them to start that journey? It's a tough one, you know, because um, if you had asked someone um, in my periphery when I was younger and struggling to find value in myself versus what I saw all around me, which was, was not identifying with me, you know, um, I don't know what you would have said or what that person would have said and how that could have impacted someone like me who could have been listening outside the door. Like, uh, I just think that when I look back, there were certain individuals in my life who saw me and um, I will name one as interesting, actually, small town dynamics, I guess. Uh, one of my best friends, John Paul, um, his mother was our music teacher. And when you feel just like you're this misfit square, I mean, and, and again, like anyone who may have known me back, you know, growing up as a kid in life and may somehow hear this and they might say to themselves a million different things. They could say, oh, my God, Donnie, you're the most confident kid in class. What are you talking about? It's funny how we see ourselves versus how other people may see us. But in any case, Mrs. Kelly. She saw me Aww. and she nurtured me and she made me feel special. And she, uh, you know, nurtured my music um, and nurtured my art and really was the first person outside of the family dynamic that, of course, you automatically they're not going to be telling you you're bad and you're wrong, you know, and at least I was lucky to have that. Um, but she saw me for who I was and she nurtured me in ways and gave me confidence in ways that I never would have had in that small little network and world that I lived in where, you know, you're bullied and you're definitely silenced or taught to be silent and stay out of the way. She helped me find a voice that carried me through my life till this day. So she's one of those I love so much uh, and I don't see her enough. And John Paul moved to Toronto and it's funny, John Paul ended up becoming a graphic designer after I did. So I guess it all comes full circle is she helped me, um, you know, define myself. And so I ended up sort of helping my best friend, her son, do that later in life. So see, it's all like a wheel that keeps turning, you know? That is so beautiful. But I think, you know, one of the important things that you said there is having people believe in us and seeing that light within ourselves. Like it could be such a powerful thing. Oh my God, it's the thing. I applaud anybody who lives in a vacuum where they do not feel embraced or accepted um, or encouraged outside of the paths that people would rather you to be on. And then, as you know, the million paper cuts of shame and guilt until you're covered in blood. And then what do you do? So anyone who doesn't have 
a person in their lives who can show them who they are in whatever abstract way, and they still end up defining and creating who they know in their heart they want to be. Um, wow. You know, wow. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's, you know, oh. it's such a hard thing to step outside of when you're, you're brought up expecting to follow a certain trail and to follow a certain path. You know, and I think that you see more and more people who are realizing that they have the power to question those paths, which I think is beautiful. I agree. And right. And saying, you know what, this might not be for me and being okay with it. So I can see a huge shift and you probably can, too, of the generations that are coming up and they have more options. It's it's getting safer to let people know that, you know what, maybe that's not for me. I I think you got to go to know, though, uh, sometimes, you know. It's interesting. I, and this is hilarious, full circle moment example. Um, my, my two brothers, my family, they were all huge into hockey. I mean, I'm rolling my eyes, drawing comics in my bedroom about escaping from this house to like live this magical life. You know, that's just my over creative brain, my overactive imagination. But years later as a Christmas gift to dad, Ended up going to see some Montreal Canadiens games in Montreal. And I was having the moment. Oh, my God. And they were like, here's your jersey to wear. And it was like Ash Wednesday in church when they're about to rub the smudge on your forehead. And you had to put on this thing that feels so the opposite of who you dared to become versus the you you would have been if you acquiesced to everybody else's wants for you. But you know what? I had to laugh at that game, man. And I always had stayed away from that type of activity because I felt so uninvited and unsuccessful in it earlier in life. But man, sitting in the arena, feeling a part of it all, having a laugh. It's like, Oh yeah, this is actually pretty deadly. So it's funny. Again, it's like, sometimes you got to sort of have the moment to know whether or not you actually will or will not should or should not. So I have folks who definitely push me in a lot of directions that weren't the ones I ended up in, but thankful to have folks who push me at all. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Because you're right. Sometimes we think we want something and we'll never know unless we actually try the thing. Exactly. And I think it's important to try the thing. Um, And now you don't got to try all the things. But to put yourself in that vulnerable position uh, can come in a bunch of different ways. And I think experientially, it's important to have those moods and moments so you can look back on a life where you might not have loved everything you did, but man, you tried it. Absolutely. No. And there's so much value in that. And also, I think one of the reasons why people often don't want to do that is because they're so caught up in failure and what it's going to look like on the outside. And I think that when you do this inner work and you work on it's not failure, it's just lessons learned. It's you in a human experience, just living. It really just takes that pressure off for you to give yourself permission for you to suck at things. (laughs) It's funny, though, because, you know, growing up. Very much not about failure and risk. It was about, you know, where it's not about where do I want to be? It's about who will have me. That was very much the um, the attitude that I adopted that I shrugged off over and over and over again. It wasn't about safety. It was about risk. It was about daring and trying and being uncertain versus our folks way of living. Right. Which is very different. I don't know about yours. but I mean, I grew up, uh, like I say, in a small house, no money to speak of at all. but. Um, a whole lot of love. I mean, I think we're lucky to have that, right? Absolutely, for sure. Um, I like to take a little bit of a turn in the conversation. And one of the beautiful things uh, that I immediately was attracted to you about was that you were so open and honest and like just vulnerable in you talking about your story. Hmm. And one of the things that I find with talking to people, with males in particular, is they feel they can't talk about their emotions. And there's this toxic masculinity that mm-hmm. a lot of men don't feel safe talking about how they feel or even just talking about their stories. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Um, I grew up in that and I understand that. Um, yeah, I think that we are very lucky to be in a time where those who would so callously and so um, aggressively want to tell you what they think of you and what you need to change about yourself. Now they are, um, they're, they're biting their tongue and they're tasting the blood and they need to. Yeah. It's now telling people how they should be and who they should be. 
And that's not a sexual narrative. That is a personal narrative, no matter what the subject or slice of life we are referring to. People are far less comfortable now to assert their ego into your domain. Um, and I'm very thankful that we are where we are now. And I grew up, um, there was one kid um, named Michael. And he was one of the first kids who, um, very flamboyant, very not like any other kid in the school, let alone the grade. And he was so daring to be every inch of the eccentric, incredible, amazing artist who he was. And he paid the price in our small town for being who he was so severely that I don't know how he survived it, which taught me a lot about staying quiet and staying out of the way. And when I think of the people who stifled him and tortured him, they did some of the same things to me. And to know that in this day and age that they would be the ones bullied gives me um, a feeling that we're in the right place. Oh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> if I could jump in just to clean that up. Yeah, yeah. Because I actually have an issue with um, the entire subject around the bullied becoming the bully. So I don't endorse anyone doing anything to make anyone feel smaller, no matter what side of the proverbial fence you may be on. So I want to clean up that remark. But I would say that nowadays, just to iterate, if the class bully um, was around today, I would like to think that they would be the ones getting tapped on the shoulder and corrected and reminded and reprimanded for anything they would be doing to make anyone feel small or less than. Because I think those days are drawing to a close now, or at least I hope that they are. Yeah, no, so much truth in that. And I do think we're headed in the right direction. I, I really do. And you didn't sound like you were endorsing bullying at all. <laughs> no. Next thing you know, I'm called out. Like, you know, I was like, no, that's not me. No, absolutely. And, and I think we are definitely moving that right direction where people are standing up more and people are doing the right things and people are not asserting their beliefs on other people. I do think we still have a way to go, but I do think that we're headed in the right direction. And I think conversations like these, where you challenge those narratives and you challenge what people are doing, I think this is how that change happens. And not just sitting down when you see something or, you know, pretending that it's not there. It's having the challenging conversation and making awareness that, you know what, this did happen. And that's not that long ago. I agree. I mean, uh, the, and I say this all the time and our friends do as well. I mean, I have friends and, and, and they're in their early forties and they might as well be in their early sixties. And I got friends who are in their early forties who are like 20. Yeah. Our values and ideals are different depending on, you know, the moods and moments of life. But I definitely agree with you. Very excited about where we are and to see so many people encouraged to be their weird selves. I, I read this expression a while back, the geeks shall inherit the earth. And when you think about all the people who were not cool, who are now the coolest, the geeks, the gamers, the artists, the singers, the dancers, um, they were the ones who were like eye rolled and, and bullied. And now they are the ones who everyone wants to be. And I just love that. I do too. And even just a different perspective on that. Like I look back in high school and I look at, you know, I have a lot of conversations with people and even the cool people, they were not happy with themselves either because in so many ways they were just fitting in a box and playing a role and, and, you know, fitting in this mold. But I just feel that so many people conform. And like you said, they're, we're still changing. We're, we're heading in the right direction, but this conformity and the fact that it is easier to be what other people expect you to be. It's easier to do that. And even now, like I'm 37 years old, I still get a lot of flack about what I'm doing. Like, when are you going to get a real job, Gina? Like, why are you going to go back to teaching? Mm. I hear a lot of these things based on, you know, fears and not seeing the big picture. But I do, I do feel that we have to continue having the conversation that it's a safe place to be who you are. And we're not meant to all be the same. And we're not meant to have the same human experience. And I think that, yeah, it's just a conversation that I definitely want to continue to have. Well, I mean, I will say this, though, just to break it down to a super like um, relatable to everyone listening example. And, and it's it, and the people who are saying these things to you um, are, are trying to protect you 
from being disappointed or being heartbroken. And so there's a, there's a noble motive in there. Like, um, I want to get a new car. Okay. Or, you know, a different car than the one I've had since 2013. Like, give me a break. And even then that was a secondhand car. This is life. And so my dad is just terrified that I'm not going to get the most basic model of the most mass produced car out there. And I, you know, dad, thank you so much. And, you know, I sort of put my own boundaries up about, you know, that to a certain extent, I'll zoom out on that point, but I will say that he's only doing that because he doesn't want to see me in a hard spot in the future. So that is a relatable example. Folks who like to ask you questions and triple check to make sure you're making the right decision. Oftentimes they're only trying to save you from sadness and disappointment, you know? Absolutely. Definitely. And, but the other side of that is that, yes, of course you want the people you love not to make a mistake, but it's also important for you if you are, and obviously it might not be relatable to the example you gave, but if you're giving advice and you're trying to support them, it's also a good, I think, thing to do is to check your own perspective because oftentimes we're only looking at one lens one set of experiences, right? So it's just, right? Just really challenging yourself to look at, could there be another way? (laughs) Right, I mean, you know, and that's why you you can have the communication amongst yourselves about the difference of opinion you may have about whatever issue or subject. But then there's gotta be like a wokeness to the limit of which you should be asserting your opinion or the way you are doing it onto someone else. And I'm, I am thankful that we are all, I think a lot of us are rising to the occasion to, as I said, be more woke to how what we say and what we say may be impacting the people who we love. And instead of being given that gentle reminder, we might actually be like pissing some people off as well. So it's important to know your, know your lane uh, a little bit, I think. Yeah. And I think it's also important to be open to feedback. Like, it, you, you know, we it. don't all have our own shit together. Like, it is cool to be open to other people giving you feedback if it's asked for. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one, though, isn't it? It's, yeah, I, it is. Someone who's about to step into some shit. The, the reaction we have is to say, well, watch out for that shit versus like, oh, they're going to learn a very important lesson shortly. I'm going to sit back and watch that go. You know? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I'm very thankful that I got uh, the dad I got who's very quick to tell you what time it is, but he's getting better at telling me one time. Yes. And that's really important too, because one time you can still absorb, but you don't need to be giving your opinion all the time with the hope of, you know, if I say it a million times, maybe I'll change your mind. (laughs) Well, yeah. Why subconsciously people do those annoying ass things, you know? (laughs) Yes. And the other thing too, like I used to be very black and white in my thinking. Um, and when I first got into teaching, I'm like, and I'm very morally driven. So my heart, like my morals, I'm very driven by them. And I remember I had an administrator who he became such a dear friend. He still is today. And I attribute him to becoming the woman that I am today. And I remember him sitting me down one day and, um, he said to me, Gina, not everything is black and white. I'm like, oh, but it is. And I, I wanted to, to argue it, but he, He sat me down and he's like, there's always a piece in the middle that you're missing. It's not all black and white. And that has stuck with me. And that was probably 15 years ago. I love that. It's so true. And when you're younger or upcoming or ambitious or, 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 and you want so badly to have the blacks and whites defined for you, it's easy to want everything to be that. Yes. Because you want so desperately to be like, secure and there's nothing secure about those shades of gray the the black and white are solid yes and makes sense as humans that we want to cling to those ideals Uh, but you're right the magic's in the middle it really is and it takes a lot of work to look in the middle because we Mm -hmm. like to self-reflect and to force yourself to look at a different perspective Man, that's not easy. (laughs) Especially again, when you're young and your ego is so raging in you and your ambition to define yourself and to make your dreams come true, whether they're yours or the ones that people have told you you need to fulfill, you are hungry to get to that mountaintop, that proverbial turning point. We are so blinded by our pursuit that those beautiful shades of gray, maybe. Absolutely. So I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. So for anybody who's listening who might be in, 
a transition stage where they they really know that they want to be doing something different. They want to start taking off those masks. Mm. Where would you guide them? How would you like what advice would you give them to actually start being themselves and not really letting other people, I guess, silence them and fit into that box? Like how how could you guide them? Interesting. I mean, I I mean, me, you know, Donnie in my digital world slash real world. I mean, I offer um, mentoring uh, in whatever context you want to derive that. I've been very um, lucky to have a bunch of people over my professional life um, reach out to me, um, follow me, ask me for cups of coffee and Zoom chats and calls, people I've never met. Um, And I think that is just so incredible that there's something about me that whoever may think that I have an answer for them. But guess what? My best tool is my eardrum. So it's like, when you want to talk about yourself to me in hopes that I'm going to unwrap or untangle um, some scenario for you, guess what? You're going to do that. I'm just going to remind you how wicked you are because we don't see ourselves for how amazing we are. So how do I help someone who wants to change lanes or pivot or rethink? Well, I just hang out with them and, and say, what's up? And not try to dominate the conversation, which is hard when you are so excited to help someone untangle the thing, but the best way to help them is just to let them talk it out. But I guess, who am I talking to right now? I mean, the, the life coach premier over here, I mean, you know that the best way to have people um, untangle themselves is to give them a place to do it. Absolutely. Give them the space because we often don't give ourselves that space. True. We don't feel safe to do it. Right. So it's having somebody even just like you say to listen i think that's such an important thing even mm. for somebody who's listening who's on the other side who may have a good friend or have a daughter or a son who they know are going through a struggling time and made their first instinct is i got to fix it no just listen yeah it, it, it's interesting right now cuz uh, through mental health first aid and through um, a project that I'm working on um, for the St. John's Women's Center in regards to uh, relationship violence, I'm helping them create an e-course to help everyday folks um, look out for and check in, which is the point of my chat. Checking in is all we have to do, but we all have to do that with ourselves and with the people around us. Hey, how are you? There's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> I'm not trying to draw anything out of you, but like energetically, I'd be, I'm asking for a reason and I'm just here to let you know you're a fucking amazing. And if you ever want to talk about anything, I would love that. And then, woo, that is so nice to hear sometimes. Eh? Yeah, because we often hear the other side and like to take that time and that moment to even say, you know what, I'm thinking about this person. I'm going to let them know. I'm just going to check in and say, hey, how's it going? I've done that. Even um, in the months gone by, as I continue to evolve what I know about compassion and checking in and being more woke to people around me and their energies and stuff like this. Um, I was surprised that the number of people who I would reach out to because they crossed my mind in some way. And I would say, hey, how you doing to here? Not good. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, let me know what's up if you want to, because like, it's surprising. And that reminds me that, yeah, we all need each other and we all do need to be checking in and making each other feel like we're seen. I love that. When someone helps you in whatever way show you who you are, that is a powerful gift. It really is. And I feel that sometimes we can be in a world where we are so connected, we're so disconnected, even with ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and just tapping back into other people and showing that compassion and that vulnerability and letting people know that they are not alone, I think is such a such an important thing you can do as a friend, as a daughter, as a husband, as a partner, as a, you know, whatever capacity you are in a relationship. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that, again, speaking of evolution in life and how a lot of us are more tuned into the importance of being there for each other and being there for ourselves on a self-care level. Um, it's an exciting time. Now, you know, social media can amplify our self-interest to a point of nauseam. But I think authentically what we're talking about, um, just really making sure people are seen and not superficially, um, but just invited to say what's on their mind or to get something off their chest. 
I think it's uh, we've never needed it more, I, I, I think. I couldn't agree more. And I feel, too, a lot of people, even though we've come such a long way because people are quick to judge sometimes, some people feel they don't have a safe place to say what's on their heart. It's so true. And especially people who are going through transition and change and evolution, I always say change is a word that um, I, I, I don't really lean into the word change. Change is uncertain and it's a synonym for different. And, 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 and I think evolution um, is natural and we lean into it and it's about just evolving versus switching. Um, so as we all evolve, I think it's really cool um, for all of us to be more tuned in via self-care and via having the right people and energies around us. Uh, I don't care whether it's like uh, an app, you know, like, or a friend or a family member. Yeah. We need to make sure that we can look around and know that we have tools um, to help us as we evolve. Because guess what? We are all evolving and that's the only guarantee in life. Absolutely. And I like to say growing too. like when my clients and my friends and my family come, it's like, no, no, no. Like this is not a bad thing. Like we have to grow through what we go through is what I often say. Right. It's not like I I think sometimes we try to shut out parts of our emotions. But man, like we're given these emotions for a reason. We're given these feelings for a reason. And it's like we're becoming taught to only embrace the good ones and not acknowledge like. Totally. I'm all about being positive. Yeah, I know you don't know a whole lot about me, but like I'm a very positive person. But sometimes when I meet with people, they're like, Gina, I can't be positive all the time. I was like, I don't want you to be positive all the time. Like you shouldn't be stuck in one emotion no. for an extended, you know, periods of time. You miss out on this growing phase. So I just think it's on learning some of the things that we've been taught. And also you made a great point about, you know, self-awareness, self-care, but not to the extent of perfection, which oftentimes social media portrays that. Oh, huge. I'll tell you what, the, the data has been in for a long time that YouTube is the only social channel that does not increase depression and anxiety. Period. Are you serious? Oh my gosh, but are you surprised? I mean, YouTube, you can go in, pick your own adventure and go down the wormhole of whatever subject matter you want. True. The other social medias, you are bombarded by expectation and opinion and judgment and comparison, which is the thief of joy. Um, and that's what that's all about. I try to use social media to beam out versus to absorb, um, typically posting something versus spending an hour just watching other people live their lives. But hey, again, uh, nothing's black and white. There's some, there's some days where I'm like, oh my God, I've been staring down this rabbit hole for like a half hour. What am I walking away with here? You know? <laughs> and you're right. It's like sometimes, and I'm very intentional with who I have on my social media, but still sometimes you're like, and it's designed, it's designed to captivate and to not have that end loop. So, you know, I've had to be really intentional and strict with my time because and I think I think that's that's what they want you to do. They want you to get so captivated in this platform where you feel shitty about yourself. And it's just a cycle. So I I love that. I really do. Um, I have to ask you a question. So you've been through so many different waves, ups and downs in your life. And if you could look back and tell your younger self something, what would it be? Hmm. Do you know what's funny? You're hitting a chord with me with that question. I always worked um, many jobs, always had a lot of different things on the go. Whenever someone, even from a young age, like, you know, and um, whenever someone would ask me why, I would say, I'm in training for something and I don't know what. And so I would tell my younger self, get ready and you keep doing and creating and imagining and dreaming and daring because it is going to be your greatest weapon in cutting through the bullshit of life is to keep your sense of fascination and wonder and ideas and passion. And those are going to be what makes you successful in life. Yes, today is what makes you weird and uncool and lonely and wishing today, but tomorrow it is going to be everything you ever need to be who you deserve to be. Ooh, that got me emotional. Wow. That is powerful. 
think about the, the, your young self, you know, the family album photos, and you look at that kid, and you're like, oh my God, you don't even know what's about to happen. Like, you don't even know. And yes, sometimes it, it's, it's a blessing to not know. And yet I wish I could go back and say to that kid, hey, it's hard today, but every second of the tears today are going to be what tomorrow is built on. Oh, that is so powerful. Oh, God. (laughs) But the other thing, too, is I'm getting a little emotional here. Can you imagine what disservice this world would be in if you hit those gifts and you didn't break through? I just think sometimes about all the generations that have gone by that never got to experience the opportunity to stand outside of what you had to do and just play with what you may want to do. Yeah. Again, the daring subject. How my dad, as an example, I don't know why I'm talking about my dad so much. Uh, it's hilarious. Okay. I mean, you know, he had no room for daydreams and the idea that you could create who you wanted to be. It was all about roof overhead, supporting yourself, taking care of the family, doing the thing. And I don't think that a lot of us are even resonating with those older expectation driven realities. We are, I hope we are woke to how possible it is to be and do and say whatever you want. As you're talking about your dad, I'm thinking of my dad and I look at his life and how long he hid who he was and Mm -hmm. how long he you know, he lived in a box, but it was not just an ordinary box. It was a box that was so thick. He couldn't, he didn't feel safe to show the world who he was. And uh, it's not lost on me, the freedoms that we have today as we are growing and evolving and the gray is becoming more popular. But my, my dad was black and white, you know, he had to hide who he was. And it, it is, it's really sad. And I think sometimes we do forget how lucky we are. Like, that wasn't that long ago. I know. And that's the point. It's so incredible that life is evolving so quickly now. Um, and I'm just excited for where things will be in the future when it comes to the potential we are all born with, but the opportunities to explore and to indulge in those. Um, I just need those to continue to thrive for everybody because why else are we here? Yes. And the thing too is that I, I mean, I'm so passionate about people being who they are, like quirky, funny, silly, like gone are the days that I, and this is what I believe that we should be trying to conform and be like everybody else. Like I always tell my clients, you are your superpower, not who other people tells you to be. Exactly. And, you know, again, we, we need Um, people, whether we know them or whether we engage them professionally in the context of the work that you do, we all need, um, if it's not, if the word coach, you know, freaks you out, um, then maybe call it a goalie, call it someone who can help you to continue to move forward past the narratives that you may be cloaked in past the things that may have happened. We need connection and camaraderie um, to evolve and evolving is not a choice. And so get those people around you, get that person or people or group, get the energy that you need around you because it is lonely at the bottom and it is lonely at the top and you need people. You do. You really do. And we can't do this thing alone. And the more people we have, that are supporting you and are telling you that you're capable and telling you that you can do hard things, telling you that you can be whatever the hell you want to be. Like I, it's almost like I feel like a hypocrite sometimes because I look back and I remember in grade, I taught grade six for most of my career and telling my students like you can be whoever you want to be. And I believe that, but then you look and you look at how our systems are designed and we take that hope, we take that drive and we make it go away and we make them fit into a box. Yeah, you can be whatever you want to be, but no, go this route. You know what I mean? And it breaks my heart. So I've spent so much of my career telling my kids, my students, I could do what they want. But now I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I need to go bigger with this. I want every human being on this planet to realize they can be whatever the hell they want to be. 
It's so true. And yet again, it's not a zero to hero scenario. It's not a, a night to day, a black to white to use our theme. Um, it's an evolution. And just because you're where you are today does not mean that you can't get to somewhere entirely different in the tomorrows to come. Just piece by piece and bite by bite um, and conversation by conversation, we can get there. Absolutely. And step by step, like, like you said, the, the, the little things that you do daily are the big things. It's not these big, hairy, scary, go and quit your job today. It's not those things. It's the, the challenging. It's challenging your thoughts, challenging your narratives, you know, challenging who you think you are and ask yourself, who do you want to be? I agree. And I mean, you know, when it comes to vocation, if we're leaning into that more tangible um, outcome, um, based on your story um, and, and sort of mine as well. Um, you know, I think that most of the people that have gotten to where they wanted to be entrepreneurially, we'll say, uh, if not changing jobs only, um, you know, it, it's great to start flirting with the other thing and then maybe doing it a couple of hours a week. And then over the course of a couple of years, guess what? You're going to end up doing that thing around part time. And then you're going to find yourself burning the candle at both ends. And then you have the opportunity to invite your current uh, employer or opportunity giver into your story. And they will most likely help you move forward. Um, if you take things step by step, I quit my job. I'm going to start this business. That does not work out so well because it's so rash. Yes. And you don't have a foundation built. And then there's this panic in this. You go from a sense of, oh, this is a passion of mine to, holy shit, I had to make this work. Yeah. And again, you got to know sometimes people who delve into um, the greener grass, they actually realize very quickly that they like the grass they were in a lot better. And so thank God that you took it slow and moved step by step because you didn't burn any bridges. And that means you can take it all with you for the journey. I love, love that. And that's a really good point. Cause I, I get a lot of people coming to me and say, okay, should I quit my job? And I actually had a business coach um, say to me years ago to quit my job. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not ready. Like, I just want to know, like, how can I start this kind of thing? And I think it's important to understand that sometimes we see things as what we want them to be. And then when we're there, they're different. Exactly. So let's not get crazy. Yeah. Step by step. Um, I had a, a story I can give in this exact example is I was working at a marketing company and um, these two gentlemen wanted me to come work for them. They had a bunch of different business interests and they wanted me to sort of be their creative director. And that's what I was doing in the tech arena, uh, my previous job or where I was at the time. Uh, post agency, very into startup when startups were just becoming called startups, you know. And I said to these two folks, um, yo, if you hire me on and I can wave my wand for you and do the things you need me to do, my dream is actually to start my own practice and to grow my own brand, um, doing what I love as I learn to do it better and better. And if I do a great job for you in a year's time, when I start my own, will you become my first clients? They look at each other like, well, let's think about it. And they came back and they said, yes. And a year later, I started my own company. and. They were my first clients and worked with them for a number of years until they sort of evolved their own partnership into the future of their lives. Um, and that was the greatest strategic decision. And, and it's funny for not feeling confident in business like I wasn't at the time. Um, that decision, that daring greatly to ask that question is what I owe my pivot and my gradual move into my future um, too, is, is asking them. The current boss and like 90% of folks would hide their, their next move or their dream from their employer and, and plot around them as if they were some negative aspect of their evolution. But no, if you invite people to help you, they will typically help you. I love that story. Ah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> they were so helpful to me and, and that kept me buoyant in the early years, having them in my corner to pay the foundation of my bills so that I can then attract other clients and, and evolve into the future. It was because I asked them to help me to do that, that they did. Because what would be the outcome? I would end up coming to them one day and saying, yo, two weeks notice, I'm gone. Then the relationship would be over. And there's so many more favors that we were able to do for each other in the longer term because we were vulnerable with each other. And I think that's the magic, right? 
there's that word again, vulnerable. Oh, and it's so true. We feel like we, once again, we got to hide those pieces. We got to hide it because we've been taught. Don't show your cards. Vulnerability for me, um, when I think about that word, I can only imagine that a lot of people think it, it, it feels like weakness, doesn't it? Yeah. And that on its own is worth grooving on. The fact that we think and have been trained to think that vulnerability is to be weak when really it is to be open. That's, I think, the, the needle point that we all want to think more about because um, we're hearing vulnerability out in the public square, self-care, thought leadership all over the place. But not a lot of people are unpacking how we feel about vulnerability based on the words that we think surround it when that's not even the script. Mm, I like that. And that's true. And the other thing too, is like vulnerability, just being real. It's being you. I feel like if we can show the good pieces of us, like where have we adopted along the way that it's only okay to share the good. That's powerful. And you're right. And it's, it's all part of, again, upbringing and the sort of cloaks and the masks that we are told early on that we need to wear if we are to survive this life when really it's about taking all the layers off and, and that's vulnerability is being open and honest and real versus protecting ourselves with all those layers. Right. Yeah. And like, even just to bring that full circle with the mental health, a lot of the clients that I work with, when we get to the root of it, a lot of their mental health struggles is because they have spent so much energy hiding who they are that they truly feel that there is no way possible they can be themselves. It's true. It's true. And you know, it's very wow to say like hiding who you are versus maybe even more comfortable language, like keeping certain aspects of what you want for yourself to be hidden. Mm. I always felt, um, and it's interesting, I guess I'm thinking about this in in a certain way. I always felt like people saw the things about me that made me different. I just didn't feel comfortable leaning into those things because of my fear over not being accepted. And I think we all live with that, don't we? We all deal with those things. We do. And I, but I think if we had the conversations earlier, which we are now, mm. we can understand that that's not important. That external validation that we've been taught is the key. Like if we take a look back at how we've evolved, like to where we are, when you started walking, everybody cheered. When you were in school, you had to follow rules. You had to fit in a certain category. You have grades, like you're monitored on all these different scales, right? So it's like, we've been taught to look for that. Not very often have we been said, well, you know, what do you want? Like, you know, we haven't been taught how to look inwards. And what if we don't know? Let's, let's turn up the heat on that. It, it, what if, if we had the luxury of having someone say to us, well, what do you want? And we don't know what we want, but we want to be supported as we stumble towards ecstasy and trying all the things and, and exploring ourselves. And we want, we, all we want is to be invited um, to celebrate that journey versus it feeling like a path of thorns. That's all we want is to feel invited to the unknown. That's exciting. That is exciting. And if you think about it, like I look at myself, I'm 37 now. I look back at the age of 18. We had no idea who we were. How can you decide what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 18 years old? You don't even know what life is really like. And well, and I'll tell you what, I wonder if when I look back over my 60 year old shoulder at the me today, Will the same thing you just said be on my mind? Oh my God, when you're 40, you don't even know. You don't even know. Funny, um, final dad story, I promise. No, don't, don't apologize. <laughs> well, it's just funny for me. And, I, and this is actually, I'll walk away from, from this hang today being like, man, why is my dad so on my mind? Because I've had a very, um, my relationship with dad has been uh, warming up over the years gone by based on the life he lived and the values that he adopted and the things in me that were not in alignment with what he was taught were, um, you know, valuable or whatever the word. Anyway, so one day we're in the kitchen five years ago and dad says something or whatever. And I, you know, tossed the jab at dad, something ageist. Okay. And dad stops and dad's very tough 
And he looked at me and I could see a, a sensitivity. And he said, Donnie, he said, I'm going to tell you what. He said, I feel as young in my heart and in my mind in front of you today as when I was 20 years old. And I could see that I hurt him by casting that judgment on him. And the way he looked at me and the way I felt a quiver in his voice was, wow, no matter how old we may end up looking or feeling outside, we are all ageless inside. I could cry because I, I, I made him feel less than, and I will never do, I never did that since. And now I'm older and I have friends of all different ages. Okay. And some of my friends that are in their twenties call me dad. <laughs> and I've had the dad talk with a few of these friends and be like, Hey, I'm as young in my shoes, in my heart and in my soul as I ever was and will ever be. And as you are, beautiful. it's amazing. Isn't That's it? beautiful. It is. Um, so I have a 27 year old uh, daughter. She's my stepdaughter. And it's it's a really different perspective. So it's also, you know, she keeps me on my toes and keeps me thinking about different perspectives and how different her life has been brought up and how, you know, she has had to deal with transition in her life too. So it was just that when you take that step back and you go, oh, wait a minute, like looking at it from that different perspective that sometimes once again, we are deflecting we're deflecting and we want them to see a certain thing, but what we're doing, what they're doing. <laughs> totally. It's wild. That's why I love having different um, networks around. Like I'm all, I'm never home, like chilling. I'm always out in some network based scenario and not for the um, shallow benefit of, you know, network is your net worth. Not, not that it's just that how amazing is it to find pieces of yourself in people who are from different ages and, and walks of life. That to me is what I love the most is hanging out with someone who's 20 years younger than me one hour. And then I'm gone to hang out with someone who's 20 years older than me. And you're learning from everybody. I couldn't agree more. And I'm the same thing. I actually seek out those things because I love to learn and grow. And I love to have like legit, I love having these conversations where I'm forced to look at a different perspective because I think that's a beautiful piece that if we don't surround ourselves with different people who are living different experiences, we only stay limited to our own perspective. So it's just such a gift. It is a gift. I mean, I, I think about what kept me purposefully, if not accidentally, um, as a younger person. And even to this day, I like a little of a lot, not a lot of a little. And that ethos is really true to me in every way, shape and form, because when groups are only around the echo chamber of each other, man, your knuckles are dragging on the ground by sundown. Like it is a primitive thing that does not help you grow to only be around the same people all the time. And, you know, to think back of the passages of youth into adolescence, into adulthood, we all want to cling to our single groups because we can identify with who we think we need to be from those people. But that's not good for the growth and the perspectives, is it? No. And it gives you a false illusion that it's safe. Like if you are constantly around the same people all the time, you get used to a role that you play. Everybody kind of falls in suit and then you are you're not challenged. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing, because like you say, it's it's it just offers no other outside perspective. It's true. And it's critical. You can't force someone who only wants to hang out with their little group of five or six to not do that. Um, but you hope that they will have ambitions that lead them into exploring various aspects of themselves that introduce them to other people and other ways of life. Um, I think that's all we can hope for is that we are not being a one trick pony in terms of the people and the interests and staying in one place. Um, now some folks will be comfortable that way and that's great, but yeah. there are others who want um, to experience and grow and explore. And I think that's important that you can do that um, via other people who you may think have nothing in common with you. And next thing you know, you find out that they totally do. And that's one of the gifts of life. Absolutely. And the other thing too, is a lot of people who are doing the same things over and over, they do feel stuck, but they're only using like small parts of their brain, you know? So if you're keeping, if you're doing the same things over and over and over, like you are legit only using a minimal piece of what your brain is actually capable of. It's true. 
And again, but it's funny in this type of conversation and anyone who would be listening to these casts, they're hungry for growth and evolution. And so these ideas are, you know, soul food. Oh my God. But they hear the shit out of some people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my dad be sat down here listening to this conversation. He would be clenching all of the things right now. Let me tell you. Well, it's forcing you to look at something that you've been believing for your whole entire life. Like I, I get it. It's scary. And once I started my own journey, I was the same way. I didn't think there was another way of living. And until I was forced mm. to go, oh my God, there is so much more out there. There's so many other people that think differently. Oh. Like, holy crap. Like where have I been living? <laughs> I think we're very thankful for um, organizations turned institutions like TEDx who are all about inviting folks to have ideas worth spreading and to be vulnerable and to go through um, the unknown and to listen and experience these ideas. We are living in an exciting time where we have so much choice um, and, and so much availability to express. Yes. And that expression is really what people want and need. They want, they want to be seen, right? Like you've already said that people want to be seen. We deserve to feel seen by someone. And that is the mirror that we want for ourselves. So I think it's exciting that we're where we are. Absolutely. And, And also so much work left to do for folks who are still living under the umbrella of feeling that they have to be Um, what someone else thinks they should or do what someone else thinks they should. Um, Because I I know that feeling. I know that life and I know that weight. And that's a good way to describe it is a weight. It is. It is heavy to live under the idea that um, your dreams need to take a backseat to what other people think you should be at. And what we will go through and what lengths we will go through to keep that weight above our head. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You will break your back trying to fit in. Yet, if you just put that weight down, it could be the key to your happiness. Oh, wow. And you don't drop it all at once either. I think that's a a wicked visual description of the process of evolution. You don't just throw it down. You have to deconstruct and to lay the pieces down bit by bit. Um, and that's a test in a million ways, but that's okay. Absolutely. And the, in my case, I was forced to drop the whole thing. And then it was wow. like, holy crap, what is going on? But that's a beautiful way to clue things up there. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing your whole entire story, but you're not done and off the hook yet. So (laughs) the way that I always end all the podcasts, as I briefly explain, is rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and we're going to get, well, I'm going to get to know you really well after the questions. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions and then you, the first thing that comes to mind, you got to give her. Oh God. I was going to change this first one, but I'm like, nope, I'm keeping it. So some of them are silly. (laughs) Can you ready? Can't wait. Okay. Who's your favorite Spice Girl? Um, Jerry, 100%. Love it. Nachos or tacos? Oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, I gotta go nachos. Nice. Good choice. A nickname you used to have or still have? Oh. Uh, I'm gonna go um, DC. Yeah. Okay. If you could travel back in time, where would you go? Wow. I'm fascinated by the town I grew up in, um, Lucky Bay, Middle Cove, Outer Cove, and just the families that first settled in that area and how that area has changed so much over the years. And my grandmother was one of the first families to live in the area. And I would just love to walk down the dirt roads turned main roads and to see how different life felt for that generation that, back to our point, was very much driven by who will have us versus where do we want to be so I can whisper secrets in their ears about how different life is going to be. Do you think they would believe you? All depends what I had on. If I showed up with the old salt and pepper cab and a pair of suspenders, it may not, but if I showed up wearing my fashion of the day, they think I beamed out of Mars, you know? Uh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Say a word in French and it can't be bonjour. Au revoir. (laughs) Who is your favorite Harry Potter character? 
Never seen it. Don't know anything about it. Okay. Do you know how many people that have not watched Harry Potter? Yeah. It's interesting to me um, because I grew up on the Dark Crystal and the never ending story and the Goonies and all these things. And I think I just found myself in a time of life that when all of that came out, I was so um, over the top obsessive in my business craft that nothing existed. I was so in though that decade of just creating my own magic that I never really sat down for the epic opuses of these types of movies. But I love um, the wonder that they inspire in people. I love it. And maybe someday I'll sit down and watch a movie or two. But it's also like when I was recording my first album um, back when I was in my 20s, um, that was when poker became that the, the poker became like really hot again, you know, like between like 92 and 95 was when it really blew up and it was like poker tournaments and all this. But I was so face down into my art uh, of that, that I just, I missed the bus. And then I felt too intimidated to sit around the table and lose my money over and over again. You know what I mean? So there's reasons. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I, I should take the question out, but just for a good measure, I can't, I just can't do it. <laughs> uh, sunrise or sunset? I used to say sunset and now I've evolved into sunrise. It's just magical. It really is. I love walking down to the gym in the morning. It's nearby my house. And to walk down over the hill and have the sun come up um, as you're walking down over, it's just, it just fills you with something I can't describe. And it carries on your whole entire day. It does. It does. Um, what's your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? I, oh, wow. What am I getting? I mean, Big Merry Monday is a problem. It's also a solution, so I don't know. Um, do you know, my favorite thing lately is to get tacos from Pollo, which is hilarious. I chose nachos and now I'm talking tacos, but I love their um, gringo tacos. They are unbelievable. And the value uh, for the size and the fact that it's so good for you, triple win. Love it. Love it. I uh, Have you ever had fish tacos in Tofino by any chance? No, I have not. What is this place? The surfing place, Tofino? Yeah. It's in BC. <gasps> You've never heard of Tofino? No. Oh my God. It's like the surfing capital of Canada. And oh. it has sandy beaches. And every time I go to visit my brother, we go out and go surfing. And they have this little food truck right outside one of the best beaches to surf on. And it's like the best. I don't know if it's because I'm so cold when I get out of the water, but it's like the <laughs> best fish taco you will ever have. Ever, ever, ever. I mean, you know, invite Donnie next time. Hello. You're coming. That's it. <laughs> what is your go-to song if you need to pick me up? Oh, wow. It, okay. So Motown is my jam. And I will say um, the Funk Brothers um, are a group of musicians that actually performed all of the instrumentals for the biggest Motown hits. They never got paid. They were treated like crap. Very much a narrative of the time, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And my favorite song, if I had to pick one song and the, for the exact context you just mentioned, it is Keep Me Hanging On, performed by the Supremes, but the instrumental version only by the Funk Brothers, who were the ones who recorded the music for that song. You're going to have to send me the link for that. I had uh, to listen to it. I'm, I'm sure it's up on YouTube. Keep me hanging on by the Funk Brothers. And again, it's only the music. So your ear is allowed just to bask in the nuances and the layers that make that music so timeless and incredible. And that's my number one song of life is Keep Me Hanging On, instrumental by Funk Brothers. I love it. I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? I mean, I would have just to say swimming because it's such a um, part of my growing up in my life. I love swimming. It's a solo pursuit. You're not competing against anybody. It's about your own abilities. And, and I love that. I love it. And if you had to pick a fake one, what would it be? Oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, I couldn't hit the broadside of a burn. I have never been blessed with aim, which contributed to the all smock, no jock reality of my life. So I would love nothing more than to run and catch a football flying in the air and catch it so amazingly and tuck and roll and stand up and spike it and have everyone I know look at me and be like, 
who in the hell are you? This is not the you that we know. So that'd be fun. I feel we need to re- recreate that. I'm actually a quarterback in the, the football ah, league here. So oh. I can throw you the ball. We can do a tuck and roll. <laughs> Please do. Because like I, at some point in my life, need to do the thing I've been scared to do. I love it. Just a couple more questions. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, geez. Um, I want to fly, man. I just want to like, I just want to like literally open the window and just get out of here and just like surf on the clouds. That's all I want. Love it. Texting or talking? Oh, talking. I talk my texts. You're the same. <laughs> text for me and half the words are like spelled wrong. No understanding of what it is. It's literally because of that. I love it. And describe yourself in three words. Excited. Yeah. Curious. Creative. I love that. Beautiful. And what is a little bit more of a serious note, but what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier in life? Wow. That your weakness is your strength. Yes. I love that. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Now I know people are going to listen to this and be like, where can I find him? How can people <laughs> find you and follow you and support you in any way? Where are you on the, on the internets? <laughs> on the webs. Um, well, dcdesignhouse.ca is my site. That's where we do storytelling around marketing communications and the work that we do in the community that we're in. Um, Instagram. Hello. Right. DC presents. Um, and, uh, Facebook is a bit of a path of thorns for me. I haven't really got to go in there much these days. So yeah, get me on the gram at DC presents, um, and DC at DC design house is my professional handle. I love it. Take a moment guys and go follow him. He's an amazing human and has so many gifts. And before you go, I just want to ask you one more question. Do you have anything that you can give our listeners to leave a pep in their step and have this best day. Last piece of advice. Wow. Advice, uh, I would say, do the thing. Do the damn thing. Make the call. Get out. Get up. Do the thing you're most scared of. Take a single step um, and ask someone to help you because we've never asked for our proverbial cup of sugar yet, uh, less. Um, even though we've never had more channels and opportunities to do it. So ask for that cup of sugar because you never know what you're going to get. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for taking this time. I know you're super busy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thankful for you and the work that you do and everyone listening. Uh, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And maybe we'll do it again. Hey. I think that we should. <laughs> I feel like we could keep talking. So we definitely should. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and thank you for keeping it real. Do you struggle with limiting thoughts yourself? Maybe you are experiencing the imposter syndrome where you don't believe in yourself and your business and your negative real is really holding you back. If so, I have a free resource for you. Head to the show notes and click on the link to get it. I promise you it will help you and therefore will help your business as well. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for being here. And if you haven't left a five-star review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on the Keeping Real podcast, check out the show notes as well, and let's get you on the show. Hope you have the best day, and thanks for keeping it real.